Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Stephen Whitaker continues our series, Lost and Found, where we'll look at different stories that Jesus told about things that were lost and then found again. We look at Luke 15, verses 11 through 32, and the story of the prodigal son. Stephen talks about how God welcomes us back when we've strayed and invites us to the party when others come home, looking at the perspectives of both the younger and older brothers. Jesus loves the lost and humbles the self-righteous. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. Awesome. Great reception. Really appreciate it, guys. Hi, I'm Stephen. So I'm not Dallas. So sorry. I know we look really similar, but I'm Stephen Whitaker. I go here at Fellowship Greenville with you guys. Uh, I've actually, this is strange to think about, I've been here longer than most of you guys have been alive. So that's really weird. 20 years, keeping it strong, holding down the fort. Uh, I'm up here because one, I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and also I love the Bible so much, and I want to get any opportunity to teach it, and so I'm so glad that I get to be here and teach it to you guys. Uh, I'm glad to join you in this Lost and Found series, and so we're going to be going through Luke 15, 11 through 32, so if you want to go ahead and hop in there. Uh, just a little bit about myself, uh, more than just the fact that I've been at Fellowship for 20 years and hold down the fort for you. Uh, I am married. You can see in this little silicone ring, it's gray. But my wife, that's Abigail. She's the most sweet, beautiful, wonderful woman on the planet. I don't know how she has so much patience to deal with me. She also has the best singing voice on the planet. And I'm not joking, the best singing voice. She's actually singing in Auditorium One right now. So if you guys want to go do that, I totally understand. Don't want to hear me talk. So no worries. I understand. Uh, but also, probably what you can tell from that picture is that we're dog people, obviously. And this is our little pup. This is Scout. Uh, she is the sweetest. And then also, as you can tell, she's insane. Uh, if she was here, she would love to see all of you guys. And she would jump on you and give you little kissers. And so I know that you guys wanted that. So Scout, come on. I must have left her at home. She'll, she'll come back another time. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, but she's the best. So that's a little bit more uh, about me, and maybe we might talk about them a little bit later. <clears throat> uh, and now, I know what you guys are all thinking for Sunday. You're like, I wanted a pop quiz this morning, so I've got it for you. I've got a pop quiz. So this involves some participation from you guys. If you know the answer, shoot your hand up, or if you want to take a stab at it, just shoot your hand up, and then I'll call on you, and you'll give me the answer. So just trust me, we'll see how this connects later on. So, first question. So guys, we live in the United States, fun fact. Uh, we have had 46 presidents, and one of our presidents was William J. Harding. You're like, who is that? I barely know who that is, which is why I'm gonna ask you guys, tell me which number president he is. <clears throat> yeah, what? No, he is not, but I, I actually know the answer. He is actually the 29th president, but I'm so grateful that uh, you took a stab at it, that you tried, but out of generosity, I'm giving you a $10 gift card to Chick-fil-A. Just, yeah, just use that as you want, dude. So have fun with that, go crazy. Uh, don't worry, I've got, no, I've got another question for you. That was a little bit hard. Actually, Alexander, is that what I saw your name was? Perfect. I'm so glad that you actually have on a Clemson shirt because I love Clemson myself. I actually graduated 2018, go Tigers. Uh, and one of the things I love about Clemson is that we have a great football team. We have won the national championship three times. The first one 
Our football team won in 1981, but recently we have won two more. Can someone tell me what are the two years? Yes, sir, dude, way to go. Go Tigers. Uh, I've got this $10 Chick-fil-A gift card for you. It's all yours, dude. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <clears throat> and then, since we've had this section, so sorry, guys. Ladies, I need your help. Got, this is easily the most difficult question that I've asked the entire time. Um, what color is my shirt? Yes, ma'am. Oh, Cheryl, you already did a game. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. Yes, ma'am. Gray? Not quite, but no worries. It's the light. The light, the light really messes with it, but it's black. And here you go. Just, it doesn't matter. I just wanted to give that to you just because I really like giving out gift cards. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't have any more, but I hope that you guys that got those Chick-fil-A gift cards, you enjoy them and spend them well, get a delicious meal. Uh, and from these questions, I'm sure some of you guys are thinking, uh, I really wish that I'd raised my hand and gotten, er, gotten to be asked these questions, such as William J. Harding and Clemson football and the silly color of my shirt. <clears throat> but, and I knew that some of you that maybe you didn't answer the question right or you got the question right immediately, you're a little bit surprised and happy that you got a $10 gift card to Chick-fil-A, or at least I hope you are, because uh, Chick-fil-A is the bomb. Uh, and then some of you guys that didn't get called on, I'm sure that some of you are like, what the heck, man? Like, why don't you have enough for all of us? This is kindergarten. Sharing's caring. If you bring out something, then you better share it with the whole class. Come on, bro. And then, so you're like, you're resentful of me and a little angry at me. But you, you also really don't know me as well. I'm sure that if you knew me that you would come to realize that if I had all that, I would more than willing give it to you. And I want to ask you some question about it, which I think is uh, in part what we experience in our own lives. To make it a little bit more practical, we can be uh, surprised and filled with joy when our teacher comes in, we forget about the test that we have that day, and we're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I study for this? Well, it's because I completely forgot. And you go in, you take the test, and then after you get the test back, you've aced it, and you're like, yes, I did this. Let's go. Awesome. And then other times, it doesn't go that way, and you're like, crap, why didn't, why didn't the teacher tell me about this? Why didn't he help me out? Or maybe <laughs> for some of you guys, you're playing Fortnite, and you've been attacking this guy time after time, and he's just not going down. And then one shot takes you down, and it's game over. And you're like, oh, why? Why did this doesn't make any sense? I hit him so many times. Why didn't he go down? Or make it a little personal for you. Maybe you have a younger sibling, and they did something that they did something wrong, and they did something wrong that uh, you've done in the past as well. And the way that your parents responded to them was vastly different in your mind of how they responded to you. You're like, they were so gracious and kind. What, what the heck? Why are you treating them like that? You, you punished me. I remember that spanking. I still got the mark, 96. It's like 1996. Sorry, you guys aren't from that year. I am. I'm so sorry. So old up here. Anyway, but you, like, you still remember all of that and you feel those things. And I, I think in our Lost and Found series, we need, we need to come to grips with these emotions and with these thoughts and feelings that we have because we can feel these towards God and other people as well. We can, and 
we can feel resentment and anger towards God because we go, that's not fair. How, why do you treat this person with so, so much kindness and you don't do the same to me? Why is it that they get all the gifts and I don't? And I think it's because we need to learn that we're lost in our understanding of who God is and we need to come to be, we need to come to be patient and learn who he is. And we can only be found in reading his word and coming to understand him more. So luckily we've got our Bibles in front of us, or I've got mine in front of me, and we're going to Luke 15, which is the third story in this trifecta of lost and found. Uh, and I'm sure as all of you know what the story of the prodigal son is. If I gave you guys a mic, you would come up here and you would be able to tell me it perfectly and tell the rest of the class it perfectly. But I'm going to go through it real quick. So... Wake up one day, we got a dad, and he's got two sons. And the younger son, he gives him coffee, his dad coffee every single morning, and he goes, Dad, here's your coffee, and also, I just want to tell you, I learned a new way to say I love you, and it's drop dead. And so, that's a joke. Come on, guys. Jeez. Loosen up. Let's loosen up. Uh, <laughs> drop dead. And also, since you're dead, give me your money. So, great start to the day. Dad obliges and lets the son do all this, son goes away, he spends all of his money, it says that he spends it recklessly, and now he's broke and homeless, and so he goes and he works with the pigs, and while working with the pigs, he's like, oh, my stomach feels a little grumbly, you know what, I'm gonna go home, I actually, because my stomach feels sick, I'm gonna go home and tell dad I'm really sorry, because you know what, I think I really am, and he goes home and he tells dad, I'm sorry for what I did to you, and dad's like, Good job, Junior. I'm really proud of you. Let's party. And some of you were probably like, yeah, I think that's how the story goes. And I think we've, we've, come, we've become so familiar with it that we know it, but we, actually, we don't. We've lost it because uh, if we go to verse 16 and 19, which is going to be up on the screen, uh, we're going to find that I don't think the sun is really actually sorry about what he did. So if you look, it says in verse 16, and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? So stop. I'm hungry. Man, pigs are being fed. This dude's this dude's hungry. He's being driven by his stomach. He is, he's so hungry that he's like, I need to go home to dad because dad feeds people. No one else is feeding me, but I know dad will feed me. But then he's like, in this next verse we see, he knows there's something a little wrong with going home. So picking up in verse 18, he says, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He's got this great speech planned out, and that's all it is. It's a speech. There's no remorse here. There's no sadness because he is being driven by his stomach. <laughs> he is so hungry. He's like, you know what? I'll go home and I'll tell dad that I'm, I'm sorry, but really I just need my belly full, which, I mean, who doesn't? Dad's feeding him Chick-fil-A all the time. Who wouldn't want to go back there? But also, at the very end of this, him saying, hire me, or er, make me one of your hired servants, is what he plans to say to his dad. 
which also gives us a clue to what he thinks, what the son thinks is really wrong. And he thinks that it's the fact that he's lost all of dad's money. He thinks, I blew all dad's money away. That's what dad's really mad at. And what we actually find is that from that, the son really is lost because dad's not mad about the money. Dad could care. What we're going to find is dad cares far less about the money. What he's really upset about is his, his son is gone. He's not home with him. Dad's not mad about the money. He's, mad, he's sad about his lost son. And I think that we do this too. We, th- we sometimes think that the issue in our lives is money. And so if we throw enough money at it or we get enough money from our parents, that'll fix our issues. Or if we get the next Xbox or the PlayStation 5, that'll help us with feeling alone. Or you think that you are too nasty and rotten and that you can never be forgiven. And so the only way that you can be forgiven is if you work it off. If you open enough doors for old ladies or if you make sure that you don't say a swear word or you make sure that you say hello to people and give them a nice smile, then you'll do enough of that and then eventually you'll be all good with God. You'll earn your way to him. And I'm sorry, when we do that, we're, we're just as lost as this son. And we are lost because we think that we can be good enough, that we can work our way to earn dad's favor, to earn the favor of others. And that's just, that's just not the way it works. I'm sure some of you are going, are you sure? I've heard this story multiple times. I know this story by heart, I swear. Are you sure that's what's being said? And I'm like, let's, let's continue to read. I can, I can show you in verse 20 through 24. Let's look there. <clears throat> so, son's coming home. And it says, and the son rose and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. So a little history lesson for you. Not William J. Harding history. I'm so sorry. I don't have any of that. Uh, but I do have first century Jewish history a little bit off my sleeve. So the way that this story has been laid out, the dad is in a village, he's the head honcho of the village. He leads the village. And so that means that what dad should be doing when son leaves is he should be going about everyday work, not attending to every single person that's in the village and making sure that they're taken care of and well-suited for their job. And instead, what we find here is that, and while the son was a far way off, the father ran to him, which means that dad is just sitting, looking out into the horizon, man, When my son comes home, I know it, when he comes home. Because what's really at stake is that if that son comes over the horizon, the dad has to be the first one to get to him. Because if he's not the first one to get to him, all the village can come up and say, no, get him out of the village. He said you were dead. How dare he do that? That's not, there's nothing that he can do. He If he wants to come back in, he needs to work as hard as he can. He needs to work for the next 20 years, and he needs to pay off the debt that he owes you. And yet dad's sitting, waiting, looking out. I've got to get to him. And so he runs to him. That's what it says next. And here's the even better thing. Not just that he's taking care and watching the village. What also dads are supposed to do is they are not supposed to run in the first century. 
They are just supposed to walk and with direction and purpose. They are supposed to go to this, do that, do that. But this is the crazy thing is dad runs. And what makes this even harder is because they wore really long robes. And so it's really hard to run a robe. Ladies, you know, because you wear dresses. It is hard to run in a dress. But dad has to pick up his robe and he has to run as fast as he can and make sure that his legs are out of the way. And what's really scary is that he's showing his nasty, hairy legs. No one wants to see dad's nasty, hairy legs. The modern equivalent to it in my mind is that it's as if your dad <laughs> was just chilling in his boxers and is like, yep, gotta go run down the street. That's the same thing. It is embarrassing of what this dad is doing. It's so embarrassing for everyone else, but he doesn't care. And you know how I know he doesn't care? It says that when he got to his son, he embraced him in the biggest bear hug of all time and kisses him. Not just like a sweet little peck. He is just ravishing him with kisses. And, it's, and can we remember, the son was in a pig farm. Like he's dealing with the slop and all that. He is nasty, smelly, probably smells like a little poopy. Don't want to deal with that. No. And the father doesn't care. He is embracing him, holding him in the tightest hug ever. And I'm sure when the son had this happen to him, he's like, you are going against all of the rules right now. What is happening? What's happening with this dude? And the part that we need to come to understand is that we're also lost like the son because he misunderstands who God is. He, under- he misunderstands who his father is. We're lost because we misunderstand who God is. We don't think that God is waiting, ready to offer us the gift of undeserved love. We don't think that God is willing to meet us in our nasty sickness of sin and death. And yet, right here is the opposite of that being said, is that he has his gift ready to give to his son. And this gift is a little unexpected because... As we continue to read in verse 21, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Starts his whole speech and he is ready to say, so hire me on as one of your servants. I'll work to death until I get everything right. And dad stops him. He doesn't get to finish his speech because it says, but in verse 22, but the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and the, put it on him and put, on, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and is now alive. He was lost and is found. See, <laughs> also the reason why the father ran out to his son is because the son was lost at the edge of the village. He was still lost out there. He thought the issue was about the money. Let me work. I will grind. I will pay you back. No, son, the thing you're missing, the thing you're missing is the opportunity of love, the gift of my undeserved love. It's not something you work for. It's not something you strive for every single, every single day to deserve or get as a badge of honor. It's a gift. and we know it's a gift because the father says, get the best robe, get the ring, let's get some barbecue, let's get this thing going, let's go, let's celebrate because of what I've said about him. 
because of what I've said about my son. <laughs> For this my son, and that's the other thing, is he goes, my son. He doesn't go, this dude, <laughs> this hired servant. He says, my son. The son doesn't think that he, it's even possible because of how dirty and filthy, no shoes, no clothes, smelly, stinky, poopy, been with the pigs, that he can be his son again. And yet, that's exactly what the father says. He says, yeah, you can be my son because of what I give to you freely. See, the problem is that the son is lost and is dead. The son is lost in his thinking because he thinks that the whole issue is about money. And the issue of him being dead is that when he said, Dad, I wish you were dead, he's actually lost his connection to life of the person who gave him life. And so the father restores his son by forgiveness, by looking over uh, the sins that he's done. It's as if the reason that the son first came home the rumbling in his stomach, man, I'm really hungry. It's actually more like he's become like the Grinch and the rumbling in his stomach is the rumbling in his heart. And it's changed his heart and it's grown three sizes bigger than it used to be. And this is, this is what we need. We, we don't need to offer God something like the son. I'll be your hired servant. No, you don't need to do that. God's invitation to use, this is my gift of undeserved love. Just, you don't have to work for it. Like, I'm yours. (laughs) And so we have an opportunity, and I hope that our opportunity, when it comes to accepting the life that God gives us, is we respond with verse 24, and they began to celebrate. The son accepts that it's not something that I deserve or work for or strive after. It's something that I accept. And that's how we're found, is we are found by trusting in God's undeserved offer of love. We're found by trusting in God's undeserved offer of love. But there's two sons in this that are lost. There's not just one. It's not just the younger. The older is as well. So if we go to uh, 2932, uh, what you can see there is that they're throwing the party, you can, hear singing, you can hear singing and dancing, and the older son comes in from a hard day's work, sweating, blisters on his hand, he's been doing all, all the grunt work, he's been working hard for his dad, and he comes to the party, and one of the servants comes out, and he says, hey, what is, what is, what's going on? Dude, your brother's back home, and you know what, your dad, we're celebrating because your dad found him. And made him alive. And so for the brother, this is, this is terrible because he's been, he's been working all the day and he's like, this isn't fair. Why does this guy get to, why does he get these gifts? Come on. And we see it because when he calls out his dad, which is also really embarrassing for his dad, and yet his dad comes out to him, comes outside the party and says, hey, what's going on? His son is angry and says, dude, I've worked every day. I am deserving of a party. And this son of yours, he wasted all of your money, all of it, on reckless living. And yet, you haven't even given me a barbecue for my buddies. What, what's that about? That's not fair. And what the son has actually done is something that we do as well. And what 
even the Pharisees at the beginning of this have done. It says, at the beginning of this chapter, it says that the Pharisees were grumbling because Jesus accepted sinners and were eating with them. And the Pharisees think that they deserve this type of party or this eating with them because they're really holy and they're nice and clean, not like these sinners. And they're like the older brother that I've worked every single day, hard, grinding, earning God's, earning the Father's favor. Or they're like us that have, are nice and clean, not picking on people like the bullies at school, having friends around us, not like that one kid that sits all by himself. We're nice and clean and all put together. And yet what we've done is we've actually removed ourselves from a part of who we are, which is sinners. No one is deserving of God's love. The brother thinks that he is deserving of a party because he's worked day in and day out, and yet he is just as undeserving as the son who's gone and wasted it. And if we don't understand this, we can become lost because we don't realize that we are sinners just like everyone else. Our bullies deserve the undeserved love of God. The kid that sits by himself at lunch deserves the love of God. Our parents, our siblings, our friends, they all deserve the undeserved free gift of God. We're lost if we remove ourselves. Uh, We're lost because we do not realize we are sinners just like everyone else. When you do that, you become prideful and arrogant and think that you're, you're more deserving than others. And yet, we're all in the same boat, guys. We're all on level ground. And this is the beautiful thing, is that uh, the brother, he, he's removed himself because he says, this son of yours. And yet, the father in the parable, he actually reinstates this son of yours as your brother because what he says later on is, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. And it was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this, your brother, your brother, was lost and was found, was dead and was alive. And so we're not supposed to, and so like the older brother, we have an opportunity because the ending's not clear here. Does the brother go into the party and celebrate or does he not? And we have an opportunity ourselves. Will you continue to sit outside of the party and think, I'm better than that. I deserve more than that. Or will you join in on the party and celebrate because we're all undeserving and yet God generously gives his love to us? Please, please guys, please accept God's love of undeserved. (laughs) Please accept God's undeserved love. It's a gift. It's what it is. It's a gift, something that you can accept or something that you can reject. And when you reject it, it is a gift to be shared with everyone. Not just the people that you feel nice and comfortable about in your soul, but everyone. Even the bullies, even the people that you think are weird, even the people that you don't get along with, they are deserving of God's love just as much as you are. And you're supposed to be people that do that. We're supposed to be people that do that, that share God's love no matter who it is. God's undeserved love is a gift. And we're found when we realize that we are undeserving of God's love.
So please, use that gift, share it with others, treasure it, celebrate it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you are gracious and kind, uh, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, that you, you show no partiality, that you give us undeserved love, and it is a gift that we get to celebrate and enjoy with one another. Uh, Lord, you are more than loving, uh, more than fair, more than forgiving. We're so grateful for all of that. Help us to be people that forgive and trust in you more and more. You're the best, Lord. Let us share the gift of your undeserved love today, now, and forevermore. You're the best. Amen.